The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Well, how you guys doing? <laughs> Here we are, the quirky dog, February. Wednesday. Had a, Happy Wednesday. Had a nice Valentine's Day Oh, we did have a very wife. nice Valentine's Day. Went to day. see that movie Dog with Tatum. With Channing, Chan- Channing, Channing Tatum. It was very good. Yeah. With a Malinois. It's very good. That was tearing up the seats yeah. of the, the well, car. And the Malinois was well depicted. The yeah. movie was a feel-gooder. And we ate at my favorite restaurant, oh, I was The Green Elephant. Bit, I got a little weepy. He does. He does cry at movies a yeah. lot. Not in, right. re- not in real life, but only at the movies. <laughs> All right. Let's do the quirky tip. Anyway, uh, quirky tip of the day. Uh, we're going to be talking about multiple dogs, getting a dog for your dog in this podcast, because a lot of people do that. want to know when should they do it, if they should do it. One thing that I would recommend as a quirky tip is not getting two puppies from the same litter because they get real bonded to each other. They come from the womb to those first eight weeks being bonded to each other, um, and then they never become independent. They just go right into somebody's house, and they get more bonded to each other typically than they do to humans, and that can have its uh, all kinds of problems, including a separation anxiety when you do need to separate the two. They can get very, very upset and emotionally be all unstable. So not the best idea getting two puppies from the same litter at the same time. Yeah, completely. And even like trainers that I know and respect, this isn't a practice that people would do. If you want to have two younger dogs, maybe get one puppy from one litter and one puppy from another litter, but be conscientious of the litter mate thing. It can be an issue. Yeah, it's not impossible, but I mean... Makes everything hard. All the things you naturally would do to keep those two puppies happy are going to work against them over, you know, their first few years together. You know, if you did have two puppies from the same litter, you want to be crating them separately, getting them to start living independently. It's not that they can't have playtime together, but when they're just always physically touching each other. Can turn into a mountain of issues. It can be, it can be a real hassle. Yeah. Yeah. So we already did, I think it was called getting another dog if you already own a dog or getting a puppy if you already own a dog. This was Something we did early on, we probably had the border collies for that too. So it, it, we're not going to talk logistically so much about how to set things up in your household, but we're going to talk more, the people that are out there thinking, should we get another dog, basically for our dog's sake, because we're seeing this more and more often. Yeah, you have an old, you have a dog by himself at home, he's got nothing to do, he's bored, you think, we should get our dog a dog. Yeah. And I'm not against that, I don't think it's a bad thing, but how is, I mean, do you have your first dog kind of... Under control. I mean, do you have? I would not get a second dog to try and remedy behavioral problems you may be having with the first dog, which could be destructive behavior. You're thinking, well, if he had someone to play with, he wouldn't tear up the the couch. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or he's very anxious. He doesn't like to be left alone. I'm going to get him another dog to hang out with him when he's gone. 
And not that this is always the situation, but what we see quite frequently is if you have a dog with a lot of anxiety and then you get that dog, a dog to help with its anxiety, your second dog is just going to have a lot of anxiety too. So make sure that things are quite refined with the first dog before you add another dog and make sure it's a decision that you're making for yourselves and for your family also, not just for the dog in your house. Yeah. If you have a dog that is, say, reactive when people come over, a UPS driver pulls up, your dog is blowing up, then that dog is going to teach your new dog all of those behaviors. And now you're going to have two dogs blowing up when the UPS man comes, and that's less than ideal. I mean, you think it's stressful with one, get multiple doing that. And, you know, the stress becomes exponential. Yeah. It becomes a real hassle. So Scott's saying that he's not against this. To me, it's more, um, I, I would advise against it more often, but it, we, we talked about a lot of different situations. And we're going to get into that today. One thing that's happening quite frequently with our clients, and part of that is just because we've been training dogs in New England for over a decade now. So we have a lot of long-term clients. Like we have dogs that, you know, we trained as puppies that have now passed away and everything else. So one thing that does happen I would say to 25% of our clients who we still are in contact with is the dog's getting older and they think, oh my gosh, I don't want to not have a dog when this dog passes. And they choose to get a puppy, which can be great and can be a brilliant thing to do. And it is a good choice for your family. There's no overlap. There's no, I had to grieve the other dog and I'm not ready for a puppy. Like that's all, that can work really well. And you brought up the example of Jimmy and Max, which I thought was important and was more in favor of this situation. Well, I think that older dogs, it can breathe some new life yeah. into an older dog that is, could be getting depressed, you know, just getting older and less drive and maybe having joint pain and all kinds of stuff that's making his, the quality of his life less than it used to be. A younger dog can get that older dog really excited. We have an older dog in the house and, uh, he loves to go running around with yeah. the younger border collies. Yeah, he, he literally looks like it, yeah. he's, he's acts like, a, like puppy. a puppy. He like he totally is like oh humdy dum walks out of his cage everything else. And when he's going out with Jimmy, he's like oh my friend, and he gets really excited and all of this. So in that context, sometimes the the young dog, like Scott said, can breathe new life into an older dog. Conversely. A young dog may be a big pain in the ass to an old dog too. So make sure you're an advocate for the old dog. Like make sure whatever decision you're making is a decision coming from, you know, the adults of the household and it's a family discussion and it's something that the humans are on board with and you're not just doing it for the dog. But there are instances like this situation with Jimmy and Max where, yeah, Max acts like I haven't seen him act this way in No, he, years. he's doing really well. Yeah. He's, he's, he's too healthy right now. <laughs> thought he'd be well, winding and, down. He's winding up. <laughs> and the other thing is, is that Scott mentions, you know, dogs get older, they get depressed. Dogs, personally for us, and this isn't how everyone handles their dogs and that's okay. Our old dogs were not super big into diagnostics, right? We want them to be happy. We want them to be healthy. Um, clean blood work when it comes back is great. But if something's going on, rather than rush to the vet, we're, we're, we're taking care of our dogs and just kind of like doing a day-by-day assessment. I'm sure this dog, Max, may have some sort of cancer or something. He's an older dog. He's a great dog. But I'm sure something could maybe be manifesting itself in his body. When dogs have issues as they get older, they may get some anxiety sometimes from like, oh, I have this feeling. I don't know where it's coming from. They, they start getting anxious, whether it be an emotional thing or not. But sometimes these health-related issues could cause anxiety. So when you see the anxiety itself pop up, don't necessarily think, oh, another dog is like going to fix that anxiety or this is something new. You don't know where that's necessarily coming from. That could be coming from a systemic thing and everything else. But it's important that the dog's feeling well and feeling good. And if the younger dog is going to make the dog feel better, then great. And I would say that if you're getting a puppy, 
puppies are a pain in the ass yeah. to all older dogs and to raise. Puppies are a lot of work. They have a lot of energy and then they sleep and there's potty training issues and you can't leave the water down for the older dog because the puppy's drinking the water. There's all kinds of logistical things that you need to work through. So that's that's its own set of headaches that, that you have to work through. But if you get a rescue, let's say you want to bring a rescue in, now you need to consider the compatibility of the two dogs. Yeah. You want to make the sure history that of whatever that rescue went through. Maybe the old dog was totally fine. And if the young dog comes in with a lot of anxiety, you're going to be dealing with that too. So be conscientious when you're making these decisions for another animal. And I feel like we hear this more and more and more and more and more, like he needs a friend or um, he seems lonely. So we got him another dog. I feel like people often are firing on a second dog for the benefit of their first dog. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not opposed to that. I think a lot of dogs would be better off with a, with another dog than more humans that are crazy. <laughs> but, um, if you're going to get a, a rescue, a foster situation would be ideal where you can try, you have a test yeah. run. You can have a dog for two, three weeks or a month to see if it's all working out and you can bring that foster back if it's not a good fit. Yeah. And so that's not a bad way to go. Yeah. And another thing to consider, like Scott's talking about, you know, maybe it is good for dogs to have interactions with other dogs. If you're just looking for the dog to have a friend and you personally don't really feel like caring for two dogs or you have enough going on and you feel like it's just going to add more of a headache, you could look into a well uh, local daycare that has a good reputation too, right? Like read the reviews, like ask around and everything else. But maybe the dog just goes and hangs out with buddies a couple times a week. But be strategic when you're making this decision because it's a big commitment. I mean, we say all the time, it's a 15-year commitment if everything goes great. Like, that's best-case scenario. So it's, it's, you're, the, the dogs are there almost as long as the kids are living under the roof, although some kids never leave now, so that's neither here nor there. But li- literally, you're, you're talking about a big commitment. So make sure everybody's on board, and if you're doing this for the dog, make sure that it actually is going to benefit the dog and not screw up either the original dog or the new dog. Yeah, the last thing you want is your dog getting attacked by this new dog and they're having all kinds of conflict, which then leads into uh, the sex of the new dog and compatibility. You know, sometimes getting two females can be, pro- <laughs> you know, troublesome. Scott they will can... always talk about this. Well, it's true. I, <laughs> I mean, some, you get two bitchy can, dogs that yeah. just friggin' back and forth all the time. You know, they're good, and then they're fighting, and then they're good, and they're sleeping on the couch together, and now they're tearing each other's hair out. <laughs> You know, that kind of stuff can be a hassle. And two intact males can be the same situation too. So you want to you oh, think yeah, about sure. a lot of these different variables and where they're coming from. We're going to go to break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to unhash this a little bit more. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. All right, we're back. And I wanted to touch on this too. The commercial just made me think of this. If you're seeing anxiety in the dog or fear in the dog or something else, think about some confidence building activities also for the dog. You know what I mean? We always say like nose work is a great confidence building activity. That's something that you've done everything else. If you're just trying to lift your dog's spirits or give your dog confidence, it may not necessarily be another animal that could do that, but something that you guys do together. That's true. But (laughs) being a dog person, the only thing better than having one dog... (laughs) It's having more than one dog. (laughs) 
And, and then I've you taken that to limit. the extreme. Yes. <laughs> now, having two dogs doesn't mean get six. <laughs> because, you know, when they outnumber you, I mean, there's a lot more work there. And I'm not saying you can't handle it because we handle quite a bit at our house pretty smoothly. But if one dog is a hassle, don't get another dog. Yeah. If you just think, oh, it'll be less of a hassle for me if I get this dog a friend, don't bother. That's not the situation. No, that's yeah. Not and, work. and you really want to like be conscientious of like, where are the strengths of this dog? How was the journey of the first dog? And like Scott was saying, like, there's so many variables with picking the breed, picking the sex, picking the age. And you do want to consider these things. Nothing is going to be perfect and nothing's a guarantee that, oh, it's going to go great and it's not going to be an issue. But if your older dog, you know, is triggered by smaller dogs, maybe you're going to get a medium to larger size dog. Like be conscientious of that. And um, another thing that we we hear quite frequently and it's been coming up is you don't have to rush that either. Like, right. You don't have to rush the interaction. If they're just coexisting together and doing great the first five to seven days, then maybe on day 10, you start to have some more like interacting. Everybody wants to just like throw everybody together and make it happen right away. And we're a big, happy family. But if there's a little bit of a process there, it may be better to wait a little bit for more cohesion later. I'm just we say throw that. that out there. We say that, but nobody listens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we had a, a, a client several years ago that had an English bulldog that was reactive on the leash. He was, old. he was very difficult with other dogs. That was the primary reason that they got in touch with us. And um, then they went and got another dog. And they're like, oh, we want these two dogs to play together uh, because they're going to live together and all this stuff. And I took the two dogs on leash and... The bulldog kept trying to attack the Little the dog. new rescue dog, yeah. small dog. And I said, not make a the, good dog a to slow, get attacked by a slow bulldog. transition here, because you know the older one is uh, a little bit rough, you know. And I think a day after, I think it was that night. after that evaluation, they send a picture of they're both sitting dogs next. sitting in the kitchen yeah. together. Like, look, they're doing great together. <laughs> they just threw them together, and it worked out. Yeah. But we we always err on the side of caution because we tend to see. The worst in dogs and owners, and and that's why people contact us. Yeah. There's fighting, there's stuff going on. So I'm a little gun shy about just let's just see what happens and throw them all in together. That's not the way I would handle anything. Yeah, no, exactly. And it, it just basically when you're considering this, you just really need to look at the why, and that is important because it's just more and more often like. You know, normally if the kids want a dog, they're not going to ask for a second dog. I would say very rarely are the kids saying, oh, but I want this, I want this. Maybe one kid wanted one breed and another kid wants another breed, so you have that to deal with at home. But a lot of times, they're literally, you're making this decision for the other animal. And Scott brought up a brilliant point in that if it's tricky with one and you think it's going to get easier... We're here to tell you as professionals, it's probably not. Not going to get easier with yeah, two. And we're not, sure. and, and that's, it doesn't mean don't do it, but just be prepared for that. Like mentally be prepared for that's not going to fix it. Like you think about the kids. Oh, when the kids have friends over, it's a little bit easier. Like I just watch the, watch them, make sure they're safe, but they're entertaining each other. Like I can get stuff done. That's not necessarily the case with the dog because they, they need work. They need care. They need they need people. If you have an older dog and you're getting, you want to get a younger dog because you know that your older dog is maybe only has another year or two to go and you're, you don't want to be without a dog, uh, that first puppy, you know, that first seven months or so, I would be doing more supervised interaction and more separation. Like they play together and then they're separate. Yeah. That puppy is back in a crate or 
they're not constantly together because puppies will aggravate the crap out of yeah, older dogs. Yeah, they aggravate the crap out of us. They aggra- the, the puppies aren't easy. Like, they're cute and they're fun to play with. And then, like, they're they a lot of freaking work. Yeah. They need downtime. They need downtime. And we're, actually, we have a client like this right now. I think we're going to go do a class with her and her new dog next week after the podcast. And she was getting a lot of flack from friends and stuff. I spoke to her the other day about like crating this puppy more than the original dog that she had, right? Like everybody's like, oh, it's so unfair. Like you got to let it like settle in and everything else. No, like one, that puppy's low man on the totem pole if you have a senior dog, right? Like you have been committing to this dog. You and this dog have had a life together for five, eight, 10, 12 years, whatever it's been. That dog has seniority in the house for one. So yes, the puppy needs some downtime. Yes, the senior dog needs some time on its own. And it's just out of fairness, right? Like the older kids in your house probably have more privileges than the younger kids because you earn privileges <laughs> with per- good behavior. Proven themselves responsible. Yes, yes. So be conscientious <clears throat> of that situation too, that like, okay, we're doing this for us. We're not doing it for the other dog. We want to have a second dog. So when this one passes, everything else, but be an advocate for the older dog because it's not fair now that the young dog comes in and it's all about the puppy and the puppy is more fun to deal with and more fun to take out and everything else. So just be conscientious of that. Yeah, and it's, it is tough uh, initially where you have to have two sets of rules. Yes. And a lot of people have a really hard time with that because the older dog, the existing dog may have very few rules because it's not problematic. Yeah. It doesn't have any potty training issues, so the water is out all the time. It's not destructive, so it's not crated that often, if ever. The new dog, you don't know that dog yet. So you don't want to just start out giving the dog the same freedoms as your senior dog or your first dog. It may not be a senior, but your dog that has really assimilated itself into your household routine well. You want to make sure that you get that second dog on the same page before you just let them both be free, with the exception of if they're out in the yard together, they're free. But help that dog to get some basic manners and rules under its belt before you just give it total freedom. Yeah, and people forget too. I mean, we talk about this, but people forget that 12, 15 years ago, it was harder with that original dog too, right? Like maybe you did need to create more. Maybe you were getting up in the middle of the night. Maybe it was more problematic, but the longer away those hard times were, the harder it is to remember. So, and then you think, oh, this puppy is a maniac out of the blue. Like, I don't understand why it's happening. So set it up for success and have a plan. And the other thing I would say is, no matter what the age or what the why or anything else, have separate bye-byes, okay? I'm going to just call them bye-byes right now because that's what I would call it with my dog. But like if we're going to the vet, like schedule vet appointments on different days. You are going through Starbucks for a puppuccino, just take one dog. You have grooming appointments, maybe do separate days. And this doesn't have to be forever. And I understand out of convenience, but one, the dogs are going to be apart. So that's important. Two, you're going to have quality time with each individual dog. And three, you might see some problems that pop up. You, if the dogs always go to grooming together and then you just take the younger dog and leave the older dog at home, maybe that dog had an accident when you were away from anxiety. Like evaluate these things. But having the dogs individually gives you so much more quality time with them. I just can't explain it. I mean, you and Jimmy have more quality time than any dog and human I know, but it's a lot different when you and him are just driving around in the car alone versus if you had four dogs in the car at the same time. Yeah, which makes me think about jealousy. You know, yeah, the, that's important the older too. or the original dog could start getting jealous and, and getting put out because the new dog is getting so much attention. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you can continue to give your original dog the same kind of attention you were giving that dog 
before you got another dog in the house, the, the new dog is novel, exciting, and everyone's excited to see this new dog. And the old dog is like, what the frig is going on with this damn dog? <laughs> You've ruined you know? my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your gift to me has ruined my life. So yeah, make sure that your older dog is, you know, senior in charge or in the house in relation to the, the puppy or the new dog and should have more privileges. And um, the new dog has to earn these privileges. Yeah, low man on the totem pole. They have to earn that just like when the kids are growing up and everything. And I talked about separate visits. I would even extend that to walk. So... I don't really have a client in mind who I'm thinking of this of, but we have clients that run with their dogs, right? Like that's just a thing. Like they like to go running and they like to bring their dog running, whether they're running on the street or trail running or anything else, they're running with their dog. Obviously, as a dog is going to get older, maybe they don't want that dog to be their running partner anymore and they need a younger dog for the running partner. So with this said, follow along here. If you're going to take the younger dog running, take the old dog for a walk right? Like, like have some special separate time for the old dog, because yes, you did have to fulfill that physical need. And you made a responsible choice by saying like, I shouldn't be running three miles a day with a 10 year old dog who has an underlying heart condition. But if you're going to run with the little dog, then since that was the young dog, whatever we want to call it, since that was kind of like how you and the older dog had bonded, just take the dog for a walk. It can just be a block down the street, but have some special time because once the dogs are gone, and I'm going to try not to cry when I say this, but once the dogs are gone, those little special moments mean more than any ribbon or any, anything that ever happened. Like the time that you're spending with the dog together, that really quality time where you're both in the moment when Scott and Jimmy are driving through Duncan and eating donut balls together and everything else, like that's why we get dogs. That's the crux of why they make us feel good and why we want a dog in our life, or at least I hope it is. That's what most of our listeners would think, I would assume. So make sure you're spending that quality time with the older dog too, even though the young dog is easier to maybe take out and requires less physical help and everything else. So if the the young dog is not going to infuse this energy into the old dog, make sure that you are stepping up more for your old dog because they deserve it and they've been there the longest and they deserve the seniority privileges. And one thing to keep in mind is that the older dog is not going to teach the younger dog obedience. (laughs) The older dog is not going to teach that dog how to walk nicely on a leash or not to jump on people just because it's an example of being a good dog. What is more likely to happen is your older dog's obedience is going to go down the toilet. Yeah. It's going to start getting weak because the young energy is running around and the and the older dog is like, this is cool. Yeah. And now they're not listening to anything they were supposed to be doing anymore. Yeah. And it turns into a, a shit show, <laughs> for lack of a better description. <laughs> but it, it is true, you guys. Like, considering <clears throat> these little points, it, it, it affects the quality of everyone's life. Bringing a new being in, like, right, every time you have a kid, it's a big decision. Like, oh my gosh, the third child's coming home. Like the whole energy of the house changes back to diapers, back to being up in the middle of the night. It's similar with a dog in a certain sense. A dog is a commitment and a dog takes a lot of time and a lot of care and a lot of thought and um, like planning, correct? And I do want to say like, if you are a person that's owned dogs your whole life, theoretically, like, yes, we're always going to have our standout heart dogs and we're always going to be like, there'll never be another dog like so-and-so. But theoretically, your dog's behaviors should be improving over the span of your life, right? Like your dog from when you were in your 20s, your next dog that you got after that should be a little better behaved. Your next dog after this one should be a little bit better behaved. If you're seeing your dog's behavior decline, maybe take a step back and look like, oh, like that's, that's not what I would have thought. I, I wouldn't have thought that. The dog should be getting better. You should be getting better at being a dog owner and dog's behavior should be improving too. Just as a side note. Yeah. 
And with everybody, you know, with the COVID being on the heels of COVID and a lot of people finding out that they can actually work from home and don't have to be going into work. And the dogs are getting more needy because you're there all the time. Getting a second dog is going to make two dogs super needy yeah. to you. That's not going to fix that issue. You need to have that first dog kind of under control and not allowing a lot of, you know, these insecure and odd behaviors to be blossoming and then think a second dog is going to fix that stuff. Yeah. And just put everything out on the table. Breeders, rescues, fosters, puppies, middle dogs. Like just put everything out there because sometimes if you're just projecting into the universe, like I just want a good fit for this dog, it may not be what your brain originally told you. So do your research, do your front end work. And if you're getting a dog specifically for your dog, Make sure that it's what every family member wants as well. What I'm planning on doing is getting a Maine Coon cat for oh, Jimmy. <laughs> now we're getting a cat for our dog. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm going to get a 30, 40 pound Maine we Coon cat. We are talking cat. about naming the horse dog because we always, every time we drive by a horse, God's like, oh, look at the dog. Look at the dog. I don't know. We'll figure it all out. No more dogs for us. But if you're going to introduce an animal into your household, make sure the people want it there. All right, we'll see you guys next week. We have no idea what we're doing yet. We're going to come in live. It's going to be an adventure, and uh, we're going to have Noelle on the first week of March for her second episode. See you guys next week. And in the meantime, quirky. (laughs) Bye, guys. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.